0: Hello Texans and welcome to the program that takes you inside NRG Stadium and at this point next week we'll have our player show. We're going to kind of debut it tonight but with a little bit of a mix because Labor Day is the one day that we're dark all year. Yeah, other than right after the season until the day after the Super Bowl. So no shows yesterday, but being Tuesday, we'll have a lot of player involvement. A.J. can is going to be on the show in a few moments and an exclusive visit with Lovey Smith. We caught up with the coach after he got off the practice field in Monday's session, so Let's listen in to what Lovey Smith had to say. We'll start off with the rivalry, if you can call it that, the history of the Texans and the Colts and how the coach knew so much about it coming into this year. Of course, last year's history helped. And the fact that he's 2-0 and as a Bears coach against the Colts and some other numbers come into play here as well. Some other items.
1: Well, I'm a football fan, so the history part, you know, um, you just kind of follow it. But, you know, I was here last year and and that's when you get a feel for the division. It's always about what you do in the division first and for us to be able to open up with the division opponent, one that dominated us last year. The Colts have been one of the better teams in the league for a period of time now, and uh, we need to become relevant again, and uh, what better way to start than to start against someone like them.
2: Coach, I started to think that maybe you were listening to Mark's discussion every time he talked about the Colts because he uses the words hate. Now, it's a football hate, but he uses the words hate very, very strongly mm. about the Colts. Coach, we've watched the Colts many times, but this version of the Colts, what makes them good? What are the keys in getting a W against them? And what are the things that you got to stop defensively and what are the things you got to do offensively to move it against them?
1: You know, offensively, uh, you know, for us, you know, going against their defense, I mean, it starts, we talk about, you know, the D-line being injured engine yep. of our defense, it's the same way with them. Gus Bradley has been a good football coach for a long period of time. So that'll be a challenge for us. Uh, Our offensive line, key matchups, our offensive line versus our defensive line. It's kind of as simple as that. We want to run the football. So that's going to tell us an awful lot. And then on the other side of the football, you know, for us, I mean, that matchup, they've added one of the, you know, the great quarterbacks to play our game. And Matt Ryan, long history with him, of course, when he was with the Falcons. so that'll be a you know a big challenge for us. And, and I'm going to go back. They dominated us yep. last year, what, 31-3, 31-0. Um, so that in itself should be enough to motivate us. And in our division, uh, it, we, we got to make some ground on that. So we're excited about this. We're we healthy right now. The guys are really pumped up. Can't wait to get started.
0: Well, you and I talked about this during the last preseason game about how you'd handle these two weeks between that game and the opening day. Obviously, whatever you have left of this week of practice, how do you handle that, Coach, physically especially, with uh, what you want to get accomplished that way?
1: Well, our players have been off three days, Mark, so you know you want to get back into football. And um, that's why this Monday practice after that three-day layoff is very important. And for us, uh, we just got off the practice field, Uh and then just get getting the guys into the um you know the game week a little bit sooner. You know, normally for us, our first practice against an opponent would be a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So for us to to you know start a couple of days early is big.
2: Coach Matt Ryan, you mentioned him earlier, a guy that has seen it all, probably done it all, doesn't run exceptionally well, so he's gonna be a pocket guy. As you face a guy like Matt Ryan when He's seen pretty much everything as you're over there kind of playing the chess match with him in some sense for what you're going to show him and whatnot. How difficult is it to face a guy that has 15 years in the league that has really seen it pretty much all? Maybe not seen everything you have, but how difficult does that make it when you face a guy that is that A, that cerebral, but B, knows pretty much everything there is in NFL defenses that he's faced?
1: Well, that's hard, John, when you play a quarterback. And and he pretty much has seen about, not going to surprise him with a lot of things, but it's about after the ball is snapped, though, yeah. as much as anything. And then it's about execution. And, uh, you know, just our offense, uh, uh, to me, of course, our quarterback would, you know, would run the ball a little bit more. You know, we know coming in, we're gonna. it's not like Matt's going to start running read option or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he didn't have to. He's going to hand the ball off to one of the best players in the league, you know, and Jonathan Taylor. So that combination – having to stop the run, and, of course, quarterback and make all of the throws would be a big challenge.
0: Coach, I imagine you have most of the 47 or 48 players you're going to bring to the game in mind right now, but are there positions or spots on Sunday that can be won this week? I know you have some new faces out there as well in practice.
1: You're talking about practice before or the game-wise?
0: Yeah, well, just to bring to the game
1: based on what you see in practice. Well, no, you you always evaluate, Mm -hmm. you know, Mark, right up until – uh, so these practices are important. For the most part, we do know. But you know injuries pop up, so we're just gonna keep keep going through. We'll finalize everything at the end of the week. But there's probably about two or three positions where it could go either way a little bit
2: on who dresses. Uh, that's why these days are so important. Coach, the transition from training camp in which you might be more of an evaluator, so to speak, as opposed to, hey, we gotta go win. Now we got to get into game plan mode. Is that a transition that you like making going from, hey, we're going to kind of see who makes this roster and all that, but now we got the roster, let's go play. Do you like making that transition? How do you like that? Love making that
1: transition. And once you get to this week, it is on. And really, it didn't start today. Sure, I mean, sure. About a week ago, really after the last preseason game, you start really – you know who your opponent is and yep. you start getting ready then. So that's, you know, that's, that's how it's been for us. But finalizing the game plan, you know, for us, our win this week, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, those practices are a must, and we know what we're going to do and just uh, can't wait before, you know, it's Sunday and all the talking is gone.
0: What's important or most important for these new faces, Coach O.J. Howard, Tyler Johnson, players like that who are coming into the culture for the first time here to get acclimated as quickly as possible so they can help out. Well,
1: it's just that. And they both came in, and you're anxious to get started. So we've been trying to catch them up mentally as much as possible. That's why an X-ray practice this week, too, helps an awful lot. Mm. This Monday, you know, the first time they were out practice with their new teammates. And uh, like what we saw from both of those guys, as you talk about, you know, what might happen a little bit at the end of the week, here are two, John, two players we haven't seen. So – To see how quick they can get up and see if they can get into the mix is always exciting, too.
2: Coach, I asked you the other day whether you got a chance to watch college games on the weekend. And I asked you that just as a football fan, but it got me thinking about something that happened last night uh, on Sunday night in the LSU-Florida State game. Do you have opportunities or do you take opportunities when you see something happen? Maybe you're just watching a game and you're like, wait a second. Something happened in that game. Boy, I got to make a note of that and share that with my team because I do not want to see that happen to my team. Have you had instances like that?
1: Absolutely. I'm a fan, yes. yes. And I'm watching it just like every other fan, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. It's always about situational football. And not just last night. I watched a lot of games this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Too. And there, there was it seemed like there was something in every game, especially when you start the season. There, it yeah. seemed like more of these situations pop up. Now you're always learning. And just not us as coaches, I encourage players, watch as many football games as you can. Any high school, junior high, high school, college, watch it all. You can learn something from it.
0: Well, we talked about the communication among the coaching staff members when we got into the preseason. But now you get into the regular season where you have halftime adjustments and things like that. So... Week one is going to be a real, not trial run, but your first time doing that in this context, right?
1: Yeah, it is. But we try to uh, hit as many situation mark as possible. You know, the preseason is just about everything we've done so far is getting ready for the Colts. So I I think just about every situation. Our players haven't played a full game. But besides that, we've gone through our halftime routine, where guys stand, Mm. when you use the restroom, anything when you get ready get your helmet ready get ready to go out pre-game how you handle it you just have to make a couple tweaks like our pregame routine we've been doing it initially we were doing it with 90 players you know now of course we have we're gonna have about four to eight players out there yeah. doing it so you have to tweak some things like that but for the most part we're ready to go.
2: Coach one of the things and you mentioned it when you said helmet I oh I'm so fascinated by this The coach comp system, the ability for you to be able to talk to your defensive play caller and obviously Pepper, whomever, talking to Davis, I'm fascinated by that because they can't talk back to you, but you can talk to them and keep that communication going. I don't know how long you've been able to do that and for how many years you've been able to do that because I can't remember when they put the coach comp system in, but do you like that system as opposed to hand signals or wristbands or anything like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, in college, you can't can't communicate. Of course, with the guys on the field, and you have to worry about people stealing your signals and all that. But the college game is not like that. Uh, but uh, And for me, though, I still do it a little differently. You know, Miles, I, I get give, give the call, Miles talks to the linebackers. Uh, but that system works. The only way to do it, Yeah. that really has eliminated. A lot of the stuff is just not football. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have to worry about teams stealing your signals yeah, yeah. and all that. <laughs> You should be able to communicate privately yeah. with our quarterback or our linebacker. Let him get it to the guys and play ball from there.
0: Coach, we read your letter and we really enjoyed it. Uh, letter to the fans and it came out over the weekend. Uh, what about being in the building here for the first time in a regular season situation on oh. Sunday with the Liberty White kickoff game? Oh,
1: Mark, it's, it's just exciting and just going back to our fans. In order for us to complete this turnaround, you know, to become relevant again, we cannot do it without. Our fans, they're excited. I mean, it's football time. We talk about this weekend, college games are here in full force and this weekend, of course, the NFL season starting and throughout all of my time and I've been doing this a few years, you always want to start off the season at home, you know, and feel that energy from the home crowd. So I'm pumped up. The fans have let me know too how excited they are and they know what their job, like we're all getting ready. You know, we're on a football field practice. Our fans are getting ready for it too. And I know that this is going to be a place that opposing teams aren't going to want to come into. And uh, what better way to start it off than this weekend against the Colts?
2: Coach, your trip to Uvalde this past weekend, how was that?
1: It was, um, you know, I had an idea. You know, we we all know what the the town, the city uh, has gone through. Right. But to get it, to be able to really just not see it from afar, to go into the town, and they were all just gracious hosts, and uh, all we were trying to do is just uh, – everybody's trying, how can you help, right. you know, some of our people uh, in need? And for us, I mean, football, a football team, you know, for me to spend time with Coach Miller, you know, with Wade and what he's done uh, with their athletes. And then to see our organization on how, we, how we, we come out in force, really, is what we do to just bring support to see ambassadors from our football team, Kamu Gruger-Hill, Kristen Kirksey, yeah. to see them interact. You know, they can reach some of the players a little bit better than we can. You know, I can talk to the coaches, but player to player. I mean, so it, it was just a great weekend, and uh, how exciting for them, too. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to, we're trying to win a game. For them to get uh, two wins and in the fashion that they won this past weekend is pretty special.
0: Coach, the Amegy Bank Ask Coach Question of the Week. We're going to be doing this every week, and this week it's about youth coaching because you started coaching middle school ball, right? Yes,
1: I did. Proud of that. Uh, everybody should get a chance to coach our youth. Mm-hmm. And I have grandchildren uh, playing ball. I mean, that's um, uh, it's pretty special when young people start learning our game and seeing how important it is, the things you learn in football by being a good teammate, responsibility, you know, uh, discipline, all of these things. But, yeah, I started off as a junior high school coach uh, back in, at Big Sandy High School a long time ago, and those relationships. One day in training camp this past year, one of my seventh grade players came up to training camp. Mm-hmm. So these relationships that you form, and in our, in our state, there's such good high school football too. For you to be able to see so if you need a football fix starting thursday night on until sunday you can get it of course here in houston and of course throughout
0: coach thanks so much for joining us best of luck this week anytime looking forward to it can't wait there's lovey smith head coach of your houston texans now as promised offensive lineman that the texans got from the jaguars south carolina alum and former roommate of dylan thompson who's a player development coach with the Houston Texans. A.J. Can, Johnny, and I visited with him and talked about his involvement with the city, the franchise, etc.
3: It's been a grind, but you know it's been a good grind. You know everybody's been competing at a very high level. You know, and that's what you want. You know, within the team, you want everybody to compete. You know, to the best of their ability. But at the same time, I see a lot of I see a lot of camaraderie camaraderie in this team. We are we are able to go out and practice and compete like we do. But then at the same time, able to come in the locker room and you know and, and talk a good talk. And I think you know you need that within the team.
2: AJ, you started playing football when?
3: Uh, If we're talking...
2: Like way back. Six, six years old. Okay. So from six years old all the way through week four of last year, all you'd ever done in the fall, it was all scheduled for you, right? You just played and played and played and played. Played and played and played. And then all of a sudden you get hurt. Mm -hmm. How tough was that last year when all of a sudden your season comes to a a halt and now you got to rehab? How tough was that? And when you look back on it, how did that make you... A better player going forward.
3: You know, obviously, you know, it taught me not to, not to take anything for granted. You know, anybody can step out on the field. You know, we play a very physical sport; you can get hurt at any moment. Yeah. You know, me never being hurt playing this game since I was six, wow. and and this being the first injury, it it was tough. It did yeah. it did hit me hard. You know, never being injured before, but you know, I had a good team around around me. My my family was strong, and the people, everybody was supporting me through it, and I was able to get back on my feet, and now here I am today working hard with the, with the Texans and feeling good and feeling healthy. Yep.
0: Texans opened against the Jags, your former team, last year. Now you open up against the Colts, still in the AFC South. <laughs> but now you're a Houston Texan. That's got to be kind of a strange dynamic.
3: Uh, I like it, to be honest. You know, I, I tell people I'm on, I'm on the right side of the tracks now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, here in Houston, you know, we got a division division game first against the Colts. You know, seen them a couple times. It'll be a dog fight. You know, Houston's one I mean, Texans. The Colts are one of those teams, you know, strong defense, want to run the ball. You know, of course, you know, we build it our defense. We want to establish a good run game. So it would be a dogfight. it would be a hell of a game. You've played the Colts before. Does that help or hurt? I mean, I know it's maybe what you're hearing this offense. Maybe some of it is what you ran
2: before. Maybe not. But it's it's new to all of us in some sense. But you're seeing guys that you're familiar with seeing. Does that help you, A.J., when you do see guys, whether you – faced him in college back in the day or you face him twice a year um, with your former team the fact that Buckner Stewart the guys they have
3: inside are guys you've seen before does that help a little bit of of course that helps you know uh, knowing how a guy plays and playing against a guy but of course you know people may learn different techniques and learn different things you know this scheme may be different of course I think they got a different coach now so who who knows but of course it it makes you feel good to have like to be familiar with and uh, with the defense up front well
0: the Colts obviously have been a really big Issue for the Houston Texans over the years, the Jags. When you're with them, you had success at home. So, what can you tell us? <laughs> the Magical qualities of beating them at home as the as a Jaguar, and we need you to bring that here, AJ. <laughs> yeah, as the, a Houston Texan. I mean,
2: Mark, the, like the Colts when they get brought up, like his skin literally crawls. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> like so this them at is all. Huge. How you answer this is huge because we got to We got to apply this.
3: You know, I guess. Uh, you know, I said earlier it is going to be a dog fight, but I think at the end of the day. It, it's it's the bigger dog you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. who's ever gonna you know finish stronger deliver that big punch at the end of the that big punch mm-hmm. at the end of the game uh it's gonna be who knows what the score is gonna be whoever's has the ball in the last couple of minutes and then able to, to to run the ball and continue to get first downs you know what i'm saying we just got to finish and and that's what type of game is going to be whoever's uh gonna finish this game that's who's gonna win this game aj
2: honest. you've got an offensive line that's got a bunch of vets on it you know titus i always. I still think of Titus as a young dude, and I guess he, I guess he really is. But you got a lot of vets on that offensive line. What's that offensive line room like to be in? And then you throw in the rookie from Texas A and M, Kenny Green. What's the offensive line room like?
3: You know, uh, early on uh, getting in, I can tell that they lean on each other. As far as lean on each other, I mean, like they depend on each other. You know, they talk. We talk a lot yeah. about what's going on. And I think with having that rookie in the room and the older guys. Kenyon comes up to us, you know, he asks us questions all the time. How do we do this? How do we do that? And at the same time, he's he's not afraid. And I think I mentioned this before, he's not afraid to let us know, like, hey, man, this is going on, that's going on. So I think if you got that within a room, that camaraderie, yeah. you know, that can take us a long way. And, you know, we I think I think we got a very talented room and people who 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 got a lot of fight in them and want to continue to play this game, I think, I think we're going to be tough up front.
0: AJ Cam with us. AJ, take us in the trenches here because When we watch football, and by we, I mean on the outside looking in, watching the ball a lot. I mean, I do the play-by-play. I watch the ball all the time. You guys in the trenches, you're going up often against the same guy for almost every play. What is that like? I mean, you're spending the afternoon against that person, and the cameras, yeah, they see you, but the cameras are looking at the ball a lot. But there's so much going on in that interaction. What is that like for you?
3: You know, it's a lot. You know, most people say, you know, what sixty, in between sixty, seventy snaps a game, and you're you're fighting in the trenches every single play. And like I said, it's it's a dog fight every single play. You know, you just got to be able to bring it. Do you talk to them much? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a huge smack talker. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I get guys look at me, and I'm, I'm just looking back at them. They may say something. I'm just looking back at them. <laughs> I, I just go. I just go and I ball, man. I'm not really. a huge talker. I let Titus do that. Titus. <laughs> Titus. Titus do the smack talking. I just go out there and I work. Yeah, Titus. Will, <laughs> Titus. Will, <laughs> that Titus will talk a
2: little bit. We had Coach. We had uh, Lovey Smith in earlier. AJ and we were one. We were closing up shop with him, and I thought about a question I was going to ask. I'm always intrigued by how guys prepare for a game, and one of the most important things is two three hours out before the game you listen to music how are you getting in the mindset to go out there you mentioned 60 70 plays I mean those are 60 70 car crashes I don't think if people have not been down on the sidelines like me and they, they can't see I mean it's it's a I don't know how you guys are standing upright by the week 16 week 17 number of car crashes so you mentally have to go to a different spot do you not and how do you get there you listen to music you like it quiet what gets you to that spot to go out and do those things on a Sunday
3: you know, I, I do a, a little mix of things. You know, I, I try to listen to a little bit of music, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm basically just trying to lock in. You know, some moments I'll be quiet, just trying to find it, find that yeah. that uh, that urge to lock in. Mm-hmm. And then once I find that, you know, that that gets you that get. I don't want to mean to say get you through, but it it, right. it 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 pushes you with that competitive you know ability once you lock in for, for the game.
0: All right, what's the music? Share with us uh, some of your selections. To be honest,
3: I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna I'm I'm a, I'm a be honest. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a shuffle guy, so okay. you might get yeah. some. You might get some raps, some R&B, some, some Christian pop, some country. Man, you, you might get it all on my playlist. Wow. To be honest.
2: Okay. Do you have Larry Tunzel shuffle because he says Sade is his pregame music? Which I, I mean, what? we all have to get. We have to get. I'm to just a certain finding spot. this out now. Yes. I listen. <laughs> I love Sade as
3: much as anybody. I don't know. If that's what I'm listening to pregame, but that's smooth getting, operator. It gets him to his spot. Hey, I'm telling you like and I do like uh I tell people I, I love music and I just like I don't, I want to say me I like I like songs. Like if I hear a song and it yeah. gets me I don't I don't care what who sings it, who is by. Right. If I like it, I, I'm going to listen to it. Right. And that's and that's how I am, man. Like if you turn I'm telling you if you turn my playlist on, y'all going to be like, "This is getting him ready for a game." I'm like, "Yeah, man."
0: <laughs> Once I'm locked in, it don't matter. All right, the rookies are out there for the first time in a regular season game. Preseason is one thing, mm-hmm. and to them, it had to seem like, "Hey, I'm in the NFL. This yeah. is an NFL game." And it is. What's the difference? What are they going to experience on Sunday? The rookies in their first NFL regular season experience.
3: Uh, there may be some butterflies there. I'm telling you, if you're, they're, they're going to be nervous a little bit, they're going to be out there in front of those lights. And of course, if uh, you know, the, the, the speed of the game is going to pick up. You know, in preseason, this this one speed. Everybody talks about it, and then the regular season is another speed, and playoffs is another speed. But at the end of the day, I think you know them being their first game out there, they're gonna love it. They're gonna be some butterflies at first, man. But but it's amazing once they step on that field and hit a crowd erupting, man, they they'll love it. Okay, like, AJ, it'd be great for him.
2: I gotta, I, I'm doing the math on this, so I, excuse me if I'm wrong. But did you in college pass protect for Dylan Thompson?
3: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you chuckle, you chuckle,
2: but I mean, Dylan had a couple of moments. I mean, the bowl game against uh, bowl game against Michigan because you yep. were at South Carolina at I was that there. point. I was, okay, I was there. so number of things to get into. Number one, we'll hold Dylan for a second, but Clowney's hit. Yeah, what do you remember about that? What were you doing? Because you guys so, obviously offense sitting on bench. What What do you remember about Clowney's hit?
3: So we were sitting. I mean, we were sitting down discussing the last drive. I don't remember if we scored that drive or whatever, but the defense was up. And uh they stopped them on was it fourth and fourth and one or fourth and in inches. Right. And everybody was like, oh, we stopped them. So we get ready to go out. And that's when they're measuring. And they had to and, measure. Yeah, yeah hey, everybody's seeing you know, how far it is from yeah. the line. And they go, first down in Michigan. Everybody's going crazy. Like, what the heck? So next thing you know, we got our backs turned, turn back, turn, turning back to go get another, you know, get another breath of fresh air. Right. All of a sudden. All we hear, all we hear, everything gets quiet we just hear like a car crash and he's just standing up with the ball <laughs> like this. So it it, 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 was, it was cool to see man. That, yeah, that was a hell of a play made by him. And what kind of player was Dylan in and out of the huddle? Uh same person you see now man. I I tell everybody to this day, you know, uh Dylan he's a you know, player development guy, you know, the voice of a lot of the players yep. and I think that's something he'll be great. At. He was a great quarterback, you know, great captain, always very vocal and I feel like he took a he took a great, great job by, yeah. by doing this because that's exactly who he is. But he was that person to come in the huddle confident. You know, it was a cool cat, man. I love him. <laughs> love him to this day.
0: AJ, what do you have to say to the Texans fans here at H Town as they make their way into the building for opening day? And what do you need from them on Sunday?
3: Well, uh, first first of all, you know, my my first one in Houston, we we need this thing to be be jam packed, loud, going nuts. And if, if we have that energy, hey, best believe we going we're gonna bring it too as a team. AJ, thanks a lot for joining Thank us. Thank you cool. guys so much. Thank you All for right. having me. There's
0: AJ Can Next up, let's give you a little player show preview as we officially kick off that program next week. But we've got OJ Howard among other people as Drew Doherty and D.P. Sidhu come in here and we talk about some of the new faces, the faces who have been around here for so long, like an entire year or something. Anyway, we'll continue it next on Texans Radio. Great to have you listening tonight on Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer with you, soon to be joined by DP Sidhu and Drew Doherty. But before that, Drew catches up with O.J. Howard, new Texans tight end, coming off his first practice with the team.
4: What was today's first practice like for you? It was good, you know, to be able to get out there with the guys and just hear the terminology in the hodo. Um it's, it's different when you can hear it in the, in the, in the um, position meetings, but to finally get in the huddle and then try to go out and do it and simulate it, it was just good to get that over, get it done.
5: What do you think about this tight end group?
4: Very big, physical, fast, a lot of different skill sets, but that, that makes it hard on defenses to adjust, so very excited about that. A lot of fun personalities, too, huh? Yeah, we do. We do. This will be my first meeting with everybody today. But uh, just been on the field with these guys, I can tell we got a really cool room, a lot of different personalities, but that's what you need. And what were your first impressions of Davis Mills? I met him yesterday, actually. Uh, We were out here in the locker room just talking it up. A good guy. Good guy. Really haven't said much to him, you know, because we've just been busy and going back to practice. But um, he seems like a real humble guy.
5: Yeah, that's your off-the-field impression. What did you think of the first, first time oh, catch passes from him oh, too? Yeah,
4: you can throw it, man. I already knew that. I saw him on, you know, saw him on TV last year. He had a great year last season, so I know he can spin it. I already knew that about him.
5: Lovey Smith's the head coach. What'd you know about him before and what have been, you know, your first interactions like with him?
4: Down to earth guy, real, real chill, laid back kind of guy. When I was in Tampa I didn't get to play for him, but the guys would always talk about when he was their coach. Uh, so I've already had heard about him around the NFL, how he was. And uh, you know, so when I met him, it didn't kind of surprise me what he was the type of guy he was. Got a nice spirit, too. You gonna grow it out like his? I hope I can't get it going like that, man. So I gotta I probably gotta wait a little bit.
0: All right, let's bring them in now. Drew Doherty and DP Sidhu. Okay, so O.J. Howard of Houston Texans, folks. By the way, how's it going? Week one. Everybody fired up? Everybody ready to go? Fired up, white hot, ready to go. Okay. Like a flame. You sound very excited. I Actually, am. You, you do. You Aren't do. you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am I'm trying to keep it together here. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it together because not only is it opening week. It's Colts Week. Sure. And Colts Week, whether you're 8-0, and 0-8, whatever the situation is, it's Colts Week, and it gets my blood boiling, so my blood is double hot this week.
6: I'm excited, too. I'm excited for you for having Colts Week Week 1 <laughs> and ending the season with Colts Week. I hope this oh, same yeah. level of energy is there in Week 18. It will be, DP. You know what? I like that it's Week 1 just because when you go back and you look at the games from last year, which I've... I thought I blocked out until (laughs) Lovey Smith started talking about them. And Nick Casario even talked about them. And I thought, you know what? This is good. This is good. If they play well and they are able to, you know, right some of the wrongs that they had last year with this new coaching staff and these new players, it'll be a great start to the season. So what a a better way to start the season with a division opponent and one that really dominated you last year in in, in Lovey's and Nick's words. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nick said it very bluntly. They kicked our, you know what, last year. Yes, he did. I know
5: we're going to chit-chat about OJ, O.J. Howard and Tyler Johnson mm-hmm. here in a moment, but yeah. I got to stop here. I okay. love, love, love that you're opening and closing the season with a divisional opponent. And I also love when you play divisional opponents twice in a three-week span. Ooh. Anything else, I don't love. But those two <laughs> matchups with your divisional opponents, I love.
0: These are things you love.
5: I Yes, it's an He's- odd little... Uh, Little thing that I'm, I'm a big, big fan
0: of. I would love opening at the Colts even more. Like rip off that band aid, go up there, take your shot. You don't like going to Hoth, like the the frozen tundra. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
5: not that you're not that you're in it because it's a it's a dome, but the drive from it's the hotel. It's so or... funny
0: because I know the name of the ice planet Hoth yeah. because I've read my kid all these Star Wars Lego sure, books and sure. stuff. Right, you've seen Empire Strikes well, Back? But yeah, but back I, I don't day. remember the name of the planet <laughs> Tatooine. I remember okay yep, yep, yep. from the Star Wars geekdom, uh-huh. but Hoth was one that I wasn't going to recall without reading my kid the books.
6: I don't. Do you guys remember what it's like to play up at Lucas Oil Stadium in September and October with the roof open? It's awful.
0: It's awful. Yeah, those
6: overhead beams and Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, I think it's. I think it'd be better if you could play them in the winter, but because it's covered. But when the roof is open, I think it's terrible. Also, if you start your season off with a win and it's Levy Smith's first game, I would want to do that at home. I'd really want to do that at home. I wouldn't want to do that on the road.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Amen. Get your
6: pa- uh, your pans, your fans all pumped mm-hmm. for the season, ready to go. And I mean, I think we've waited a long time. Sort of, this has been a long off season. You think so? Uh, it feels really, really <laughs> long. Maybe because last season, you know, ended before it really started.
0: Yeah, last season you were. It was one of those years. As did the year co- before. Yeah, the, <laughs> the last two. Mm-hmm. When you go four and whatever, four and twelve, and four and thirteen, you're right. You know that.
7: Uh, you're okay. out of it. especially it's over. when
0: you're like 1-8. and There are going to be you know, big like we changes, and there were after each of those campaigns. But at least last year, Mills was starting. and starting to play well. You won a couple of games. You beat the Jags. You beat the Chargers. It was like, okay, let's just see what else he can do. I, I looked at those as almost not preseason exhibition games, but showcase games. Let's see what you got for next year. And they showed you some things. I'll tell you what, after halftime of the Titans game, the closer here, At halftime, I was pretty disappointed because there was a terrible first half. But after the half, they lit it up in the second half. Remember Amendola Mm -hmm. going nuts and Mills playing really well, and they came all so close. So that was kind of cool to see. But, yeah, that's all in the past. I'm fired up for this thing on Sunday. So O.J. Howard is here. Tyler Johnson is here. And everyone's asking me, are these guys really going to play? We'll see. I mean, I don't think they got them for nothing, okay? They might contribute immediately if needed. Yeah, it it sounds like
5: Tyler Johnson of the two is the guy that contributes more, contributes more quickly as well. Mm -hmm. But Howard's a tantalizing prospect based on what we saw four or five years ago. Now, he's got to get back to that. But maybe this is an offense that is well-suited for him. But I think there were a lot of folks who were very, very surprised that, Johnson became available and he was part of a numbers game odd man out because of a lot of quality receivers there in Tampa Bay but boy he could be some he could be a really nice addition to this offense I think
6: I think people were really excited about OJ Howard just the fact that he was a first round pick in 2017 and he had so many productive years in Tampa Bay and it seemed like he was going to sign with Cincinnati it seemed like he wasn't going to sign here it seemed like he's the, he sort of the Texans sort of swooped in yeah. on that process and all of a sudden he was here and he actually talked about it um, I, in, in Drew's interview, and, and with us, with the rest of the media, just how he was going to Simon with Sandy, he called it pretty, uh, I forget the word he used, but it was like frantic or hectic, just the mm-hmm. entire free agency process, because it was, it was in his conversation with Pep Hamilton that he decided, I want to come to Houston because he felt like Pep Hamilton, obviously he runs these 13 personnel, runs two tight ends, three tight ends. He'd get a lot more action on the field as a tight end. Plus, he says he likes to block. He liked the tight end group. He also had heard about Levy Smith because even though he didn't play for Levy Smith in Tampa Bay, he was with guys that had played for him when Levy was the head coach there. So I think it all sort of worked in his favor. Now, what what is he able to do when the season starts? Time will only tell. I mean, he was with the Buffalo Bills this off season. They signed him to a contract. They released him yeah. after training camp. So, you know, I don't know what he's going to look like when he actually makes field. But he's in the meetings. He's got experience, and physically, he looks the side, He looks like uh, Farrell yeah, he, Brown's twin brother. He
5: looks the part. You know, like <laughs> yeah. catching
0: passes yesterday. He's in- individual work
5: yeah. look good. Now, a lot more goes into it than individual work. But right. gosh, if you just see that, you think. Well, yeah, that guy's going to contribute.
0: Right. He's a player in this league, mm-hmm. and the Bills are loaded. A lot of prognosticators are picking the Bills to not only go to the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl. And the Bucks, too. He was with both of those teams. So it's like if they feel like they're good, okay, respect that. He was going to be employed somewhere, if not here. So you have him in your stable right now. That's pretty cool. Tyler Johnson, I'm wondering this. Nick Casario knows the quarterback of the Buccaneers, and I'm wondering if there was any reference given. It's good point. Tom Brady liking him. Yeah, that's a great
5: point, for sure, for sure. Because he went to the guy. (laughs) Look at his highlight reel, some of the stuff he did over the middle, I mean, and doing some dirty work as a receiver, quote-unquote dirty work. I mean, it's a tantalizing prospect here for the Texans and what he could add to this passing attack.
6: I want to say it was Landry Locker that uh, tweeted a highlight of Tyler Johnson's along with Tom Brady in the playoffs, a catch that he made, and the fact that he was able to trust, you know, a a rookie like him Mm -hmm. in in a really big moment. So I think it does speak volumes about Tyler Johnson. I think the challenge is going to be really... Both he and Howard joining so late after preseason, after sure. camp. Just, you know, they both said that they're really just learning the offense for this week, but there's a long way to go for them to get up to speed. And and Levy Smith talked about it. I actually have a story coming out on HoustonTexans.com about, you know, what are the chances? How much will they play in week one? And you can sort of decipher what Levy said and try to guess for yourself. But I think if they do well in practice this week, maybe they will have a role for them on Saturday.
0: That would be fun to see uh, the Texans and Colts get together Sunday noon. Liberty White kickoff. Tickets available, some remaining, HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. All right, coming up, Justin Britt. What did he have to say this week as the Texans started to get ready to play Indianapolis? And Jonathan Owens. Drew's going to talk with him, and this interview will feature no questions about Simone Biles, so that's interesting. It's Texans Radio. It's Texans radio earlier in the show. We heard from AJ can starting at guard for your Texans The center would be Justin Britt and Drew Doherty caught up with him this week as the team began Preparations to face the Colts on Sunday
7: game weeks here. How excited are you? We heard from lovey earlier He's pumped. What's it like for you level of excitement? No, I'm very excited I didn't get to touch the field in the preseason. So I'm I'm kind of you know Chomping at the bits if you will
5: that was all by design. You're feeling pretty fresh, I take it, or not having to go through some of that?
7: Yeah, I mean, last year was a tough physical on my body, more you know, more specifically on my knee. And so it's feeling healthy, strong. I feel like we approached it the right way, and it's heading into the season pretty much 100%.
5: Yeah, tell me about wanting to be a running team. You've talked a little bit about it before in, the, in August, but now that the season's here, the playbook opens up a little bit more. How pumped are you in that regard?
7: I'm excited. You know, the run game is, is about confidence and trust and just believing in it you're not going to have 10 20 yard run plays in the first quarter second quarter it's about sustaining it Um, obviously you gotta you know score points and keep the score close to be able to run the ball but um, it's kind of a nutrition play and 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 the more you do it the bigger they get tell me about the defensive line I mean some of the best you're gonna face around the NFL with those two guys
5: in the middle aren't it
7: yeah and they added Yannick so a really good front starts with Buckner and you know Grover Stewart in the inside. It's gonna be a physical game and, and we got to be exact and we we have a good game plan. It's just about having a good week and, and heading in the game that way.
0: All right, so Justin Britt now guys feels like a salty veteran of this team. like he's been around here for so long, it's been a year. But it just feels like he's one of those guys that you've relied on for so long in this franchise. It shows you how new, how young the team is and how new many of these players, even the veterans, are.
6: Well, he didn't play at all in the preseason. So you really don't sit new guys in the preseason, even if he is only in the second season. But I think some of that had to do with injury. He did start off a little bit slowly in training camp. He'd gotten injured in OTAs. But I think a lot of it is they know what they have in him. You know, he's he's back there under center, and and even though he was new to the Texans, I remember last year James Camp and the offensive line coach saying he thought he was probably one of the best centers in the NFL, Justin Britt. And the way he left Seattle was really just an injury. Then he wanted a rehab from his uh, from his knee injury in, in twenty twenty and COVID. So he had a full season and a half to get healthy. He starts last year. He still dealt with some injuries, but it just feels like the line is the offensive line is secure when he's in there. I mean, he just has the presence of a salty veteran. Him and Larry Tunsil, neither one of them. I mean, we're going to see them both for the first time in week one. It'll be great.
5: Yes. You know, a lot's been made of this Pep-Hamilton offense and how we don't know really what's going to look differently versus what we saw last year. We have some mm-hmm. ideas, but we didn't really see a whole heck of a lot in the preseason because they kept it vanilla. But one thing that has kind of slipped out over the course of the last few months is there's much more divvying up of assignments and pre-snap duties from the quarterback and center. Last year, almost all of it was on Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor's plate. They They had to make checks for the line and all that A lot of that's been sloughed off to the offensive lineman, to Justin Britt. It's called delegating, and I love it. Delegated (laughs) is a better word, I suppose, yes. But there's more on his plate, but that's kind of a good thing Mm. everyone that we've talked to has agreed because there's less that Mills has to process. Not that he can't. He's a very smart guy, but it frees him up. It frees the offensive line up to do some better things. And I like that little nutritional value quip that he put in there in Mm. my interview with him. Running the ball... We all know you gotta run the ball well. You gotta do better right. than three point three or three point four yards a carry, which was the NFL's worst last year by the Texans. He wants to pound the rock. Now, he says you're not gonna see the nine, ten yarders that you did during the preseason. Why not? Perhaps, but mm-hmm. the commitment to it and being productive with it, getting over that four, four point three yards per carry mark. They need to keep that going so that the chains keep moving and put Mills and company in more advantageous second and third downs.
0: Absolutely. Please average more than three and a half per carry. Yeah. You know, if you can get that up to four in this game, I think that means such a difference. It makes such a difference. That gets your play action working. It'll make Mills that much more effective.
5: With run with running backs in particular, I don't know. You can answer this better than me because you've been here the entire time. I started right. in eleven. But in a preseason and training camp, has there ever been this level of excitement? about a new running back, because there was not for mm. Arian Foster. As a rookie, he was an unknown. He no, didn't even play right. till December, really. Was you're there right. one for
6: Ben Tate?
0: No, because he got hurt in the preseason. <laughs> His oh, ankle
5: right. like exploded in the yeah. preseason over in, in Arizona. And nobody was really big on Arian in 2010, because mm. it was like, well, you got Slayton, and you got he's going to come back from whatever was messing with him in 2009. You got this rookie, Tate, and then hit. So, yeah. I mean, Arian
0: erupted week one against the Colts. Yes, And you were coming off of nine and seven. You were coming off of Arian having a strong finish. You knew Tate wasn't available for week one, and Arian went nuts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard for me to remember what everyone thought of Dominic Davis, for instance, now Dominic Williams, but in 2003, when he was a rookie, I think a lot of it has to do with not only Pierce looking good, but where you've been with this running game the last Mm -hmm. two years, right? And even Mm, three years ago in 2019, you were thinking, are they going to be able to move the ball on the ground? Lamar Miller gets hurt in the preseason. Then they make the deal with Carlos for Carlos Hyde on Labor Day weekend. They make that trade with the Chiefs. We didn't know that Hyde was going to be that good. I thought Hyde would be okay, Mm -hmm. but he was much better than okay, and that was a good ground attack. He had over 1,000 yards that year, so let's see what Pierce can do. I know John McClain has picked him to have over 1,000. That's lofty stuff right there considering you the last couple of years you get eight, nine backs with 1,000 yards or close to it. That's not a lot of backs, right? We'll see what the Texans can do with Pierce. I'm here for it. Let's go.
6: I mean, they're going to feed him the ball. Have you guys seen the unofficial depth chart that came out today? Yeah, of course. Damian Pierce listed as a starter. Yeah. Which we all, you know, we all knew. We all like knew it, but it was very hard to get that answer. And I know Lovey Smith says, well, it's not his depth chart. That's the one that comes out via the PR department. But I don't think, you think they would.
0: think they'd run it by anybody? I think hmm. they would. Yeah,
6: I don't think they're just like, you know what? Let's just put him as a starter if, if there was going to be a big no-no against it.
0: Yeah, because previous regimes would have had him as fourth, okay? <laughs> All rookies. I happened. was going to say, and I, I kind
5: of caught me. I'm glad you said it because, yeah,
0: there's no <laughs> way
5: in hell we would have seen
0: what we saw today Not
5: with Pierce being listed first chance. on the depth chart. Yeah.
0: Uh, how about this, though? Jonathan Owens playing in that defensive backfield. The safety. Drew caught up with Ham as the team got to work getting ready for Indy.
5: Alright, let's talk about the Colts. What's the challenge that they present as an offense? First thing that just kind of jumps out at you.
8: Offensive line, you know, uh, obviously you know, I have a great running back, so we just gotta get ready to come and execute the coach's game plan and um uh, compete to the best of our ability.
5: We've got a new quarterback, but he's somebody that You know, there's a book on him, and he's done a lot of good things in this league. How how much of a challenge does he sort of present for you guys?
8: Um, You know, he's a vet, so he's definitely going to give us uh, a good challenge. But you know, we just have to read our keys and, like I said, get ready to execute Lovey's game plan. So you know, he's going to have us prepared. So have to go out there and do it. Now that it's game week, how different are things around here in the locker room? It's a lot more serious now, just because, like I said, it it really counts now. So you just want to go out there and get ready to do your job and just be a little bit more locked in throughout the whole week and. No, the closer you get to game day, it's just everybody. You know, you get it, everything gets more heightened. You know, the coaches demand more. You know, they want everything to be executed the way that they want it to. So, man, we're, we're ready for the challenge.
5: You keep getting more comfortable mentally. I'm guessing in this
8: defense, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's just my second year in the scheme, so, and we've had a full off season, so we've got plenty of reps and just able to see everything and just uh, be able to do the way Lovey wants it. And we really got a clear vision of it with this full offseason, so it really helped.
5: Is it safe to say and fair to say that not just you growing in this defense, but
8: this defense as a whole,
5: this team as a whole, looks a little bit more forward than maybe this time a year ago?
8: Absolutely. And it, I'm telling you, it's coming from having a full offseason and everyone really getting all the details of the defense, watching film from, from last year, seeing what we could do better, and just really getting all the small, minute details, you know know. know that um lovey really critically uh you know wants us to do so offseason really helped with that
0: there's drew with jonathan owens and that's gonna do it for this texans all access slash player show preview program with lovey smith aj can the players we just heard from in the last couple of segments texans all access coming your way and texans Matchup later tonight with john harris it's texans radio
6: welcome into texans all access on a tuesday ahead of week one Texans hosting the Indianapolis Colts week one. I just learned last hour that that's Drew Doherty's most favorite thing and Mark's apparently as well to open the season with the Colts. Excited about it, guys. And I know next week we'll have a little bit of a different player show. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit of a weird week. We don't really have player availability on Monday, Tuesday like we will next. Well, actually, next week we'll definitely have it on Tuesday. So we'll get players talking at the podium, talking about week two. Uh, this week, though, we still have plenty to talk about. Yeah, you
5: know, I, I, my, hold on. Point of contention here. My what? favorite thing is opening and then closing with an opponent. I didn't really.
6: Which th- is the Colts this year.
5: Right. But I'm saying like game one and game 17.
6: Which opponent would you most rather open and close with? Trinity, Sam Houston yes,
0: State, Trinity, yeah. uh, I could list a lot of them, actually. No, you want a division Northwestern opponent. Northwestern State, yeah. You, know, you
6: want a division opponent.
0: Florida International. No, I, I like to rip off the Band-Aid with the Colts. This is the nemesis. I wrote about this, and of course I did, right? And yeah. I've written so many articles about the Colts <laughs> over the years <laughs> and the pain involved with this series. I can't call it a rivalry. It's a series because they're all series with your divisional. It's one sided. Yeah, it's one sided in their it's favor. It's thirty one and nine. Yeah. That's what it is. The Colts are thirty one and nine against your Texans, and Peyton Manning was eighteen and two, and the numbers were ridiculous. And I said in this that the RCA Dome was the loudest building I've mm. ever been in. I think it's the loudest building in the history of the league. Ooh. And I said, don't at me because it just is. Well, no, been- not really, really.
6: New Orleans. Superdome,
0: RCA
5: right, Dome. I've, I know, I, I'm going to defer to him. I've never been. To I've the RCA been Dome. in the
6: RCA yeah. Dome.
0: It's loud, DP. Well,
6: I was there. I went there when I lived in India, and the Colts were bad. With the, with so it was exactly. very empty. Jim Harbaugh so it was playing, not that loud.
0: Jim Harbaugh, although he's in the Ring of Honor, uh, why is he in the Ring of <laughs> Honor? There's not of the that many. <laughs> this is the same franchise that put up the banner for the AFC runner-up or whatever it was. That hurt a lot. Well, you know, you can't do that when you go to a Super Bowl. When you win a Super Bowl, you got to take those down. You can't put up a banner that says you were in the AFC Championship game in another year that was after when you won the Super Bowl. I could understand if you'd never, like, if, if the Texans got to the AFC Championship game and lost, I would say, I would still say, don't put up the banner. But I could understand it more than the Colts doing it, who actually had a Super Bowl victory.
6: I agree with you there. You were right. Okay. This is is this your bone to pick with yeah, the Colts this if is they have it. too this many banners? I want to make the whole
0: show about the Colts <laughs> ring of honor and how we Jim Harbaugh. You got more bones sh- to pick. What are they? Jim Harbaugh of- <laughs> should not be in the Colts ring of honor. You know, they have the same guys. They have like Johnny Unitas in the Colts ring of honor. That was
6: Baltimore, Mark. So I, I think that's I different. I was actually there when Jim Harbaugh was um the quarterback for the Colts, and I think the way that he won those games, anybody who lived through that, and they were so bad for so many mm-hmm. years. I mean, there were no Texans, so don't at me because I couldn't be a Texans fan. There were no Texans back then. I grew up in right. Indy, but they were just so bad. Games were blacked out. I used to listen on the radio, which actually fostered my love of sports radio. See? So it all worked out in the end, and then I left Indy, came to Houston, and then all of a sudden they got Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and the rest is history.
0: And that's when it got loud at the RCA And that's dump. when it got loud,
6: With not while Dwight I was there. White, Freeney
0: and Robert Mathis Absolutely. coming Absolutely. off that edge, and they it felt like they jumped the count almost every single time. They're in the backfield before we snap the ball. Sorry, no call. No, they were really good.
6: I was talking to Lara Overton, who's a team reporter for the Colts. And we were talking yeah. about that um, athletic podcast with Andrew Luck, which oh, I yeah. think Drew and I yeah. have listened to. I don't, Mark, you need to listen to it. But yeah. I, there was one point where before they got into the Andrew Luck stuff, they talked about Peyton Manning and what – what Indianapolis as a city was like. And I do remember that because Indianapolis was a basketball town and nobody knew anything about football, nor did they care about football. But I think now that's a very smart fan base. They're very invested in the football team, even when they are average. So it just makes it that much more of a rivalry because we all know what people think about football in Texas. So yeah. I think when those two teams come together, they, they do view it as a rivalry, especially those years, like five, six years ago when the Texans were running the division and they just could not make the playoffs. So they, they certainly felt like it was one-sided back then. It's, it's flipped after last year, but that being said, let's get into some quick well, hits, Hang we? on a second. I want to continue his? this line oh, of questioning okay, here. Okay, go ahead. So
0: Dan Dockage, who hosts yes. a talk show up there, and I think he's been in the news recently, but we won't get into that. Anyway, Dan Dockage and I have gone back and forth on each other's shows over the years, and I asked him, this is about 10 years ago, I said... Basketball town or football town? And he's a basketball guy. He said football. He said, yeah, for It's sure. yeah. football town. There's no, think, there's no doubt about it. I don't it.
6: think anyone watches the Pacers anymore. I mean, the Pacers are not good. But if anything the Colts are bad or not playing well, mm-hmm. people are still interested.
0: You know what I'm excited about? So there's a member of the Colts Ring of Honor, and I'm going to be on a podcast with him later this week. Bill Brooks played receiver there. And Bill Brooks went to my alma mater. And I was there at the same time, Boston University. I used to watch Bill Brooks and the Terriers. That's the BU team name. They're now defunct. But I used to watch the games from my dorm room window. It was like a luxury suite without the luxury, but I could see the field from the window. We could watch games. You know, we'd like pop over to beer and watch games. It was awesome. And Bill Brooks was a colt, and he was a good one relative to that time of being mm-hmm. a bad team. And I'm going to be on a podcast with him, so I'm really excited. Oh, is about it this. your
6: podcast or No, his it's his sponsor? podcast. And he invited you on his podcast? No,
0: the guy who hosts with him. He has no idea who I am, <laughs> he but he's going to find out. He's about to find out who you it. are. We're going to be talking.
6: How you hate them like poison.
0: I hate the Colts like poison. There we go. In a healthy way.
6: In a healthy way. You're like like my middle son who, whenever we would drive by the stadium, he would turn his back to Lucas Oil Stadium. And I'm from Indianapolis. He would just, it could be June. He would turn his back to the stadium. Well, when we pull in
0: for the combine, I feel the, not pain, it's the angst, it's the The tension, it's whatever that is. I feel feel it cuz there've been a lot of bad trips <laughs> there, there've been a lot of, but there've been a lot of good trips too well not a lot but there've been some good trips yes.
6: in recent history yeah 15
0: 16 been. and 18. 18 that's it three times you've won up there three times in 20 years okay but they're relatively recent so you feel like you're turning the tide however the Colts have won the last four in a row and we got to correct that
6: Yeah, your memories of the Colts are just as bad as Lovey Smith's memories of the Colts because he certainly remembers what that team did to this team in 2021. And the Texans, they went back to practice. They were back at work yesterday at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Uh, Sunday is going to be a test to see how much this Texans team has improved in this offseason. Here's what Lovey Smith had to say.
1: We don't run from it at all. They dominated us at, at their place and at home. We do remember that, but talk can't get it done, you know. And a a lot of what happened was were things we did, all three phases. Uh, We feel like we corrected a lot of that. That's why we we can't wait to see exactly how far we've come since that day.
6: I do like that both Lovey Smith and Nick Casario they don't shy away from how badly. The Texans were outscored. I mean, 31 to 3, 31 to nothing. I mean, they both say, hey, Levy, especially yesterday said, we're not running from it. We knew that they dominated both there and here. And that's going to be a big test for this team to see if we've corrected what we've needed to correct. He said it was, you know, a failure in all three phases, basically. and, and it was. The offense couldn't score, the defense couldn't stop the run. They still have Jonathan Taylor. And when you look at Jonathan Taylor's stats from last year, mm. like my gosh. Mm. He did it to a lot of teams, not just the Texans. Mm -hmm. I mean, ran all over them. But, I mean, this is going to be a big challenge for that defense. You know, can they stop the run? Can they hold up their gaps? I I, I can't wait to see what what it shows on Sunday. But if they can pull out a win and reverse what they did last year, I think it's going to say a lot. It's really going to set them up for a great start to the season, obviously.
5: Yeah, since the schedule was released back in – April, May, Lovey Smith has pointed to this game. I, I did an interview with him that day, and he was very, very quick to bring up what you just talked about, how awful things went last year. Just inexcusable, 60-something to three. you got shut out in one of those games. Ugh. He did not shy away from it like you're talking about. And think about it. There's no real excuse for their two worst losses of the season. Now, you can also say, oh, well, the Bills' loss was the worst. Yes, it was awful, but it was in the rain, and it was Davis Mills' first road start. And it was in the early part of the season against the team that we saw could have played in the Super Bowl if a few things bounced the right way. I mean, that was an excellent, excellent football team. This one was just over 500 and it had its shots as well, but was nowhere near the caliber of those bills. And you just got whitewashed by these guys. So Lovey Smith, it's stuck in his craw, especially having the NFL films crew following those guys around Ooh, and them yeah. just kind of saying what they said about this, this team and what, What's going on? Oh, God. Thanks, it, it is very much a point of contention what went down last year for, for Smith and company. It
6: you, you bring up a good point because they didn't even make the playoffs. They lost to Jacksonville at Jacksonville, which is the one. All they needed to do was win, and they were in. And I think Colts fans were just sick to their stomach with how the season ended. But you couldn't even score a touchdown on that very same team, and the Jags did it. So... I mean, there is, It there really was no excuse for it other than you just have to turn around and get better. And they've got all these new players this year, so I I, I think that they're hoping that you know the tide can turn. With well, new, new new faces.
0: Last year, yeah, you had Mills start up there. Here it was Taylor, and then Mills comes in, and nothing really goes right. I just think that if the offense was able to do something last year, especially in the first game, you're right in that game into the third, maybe the fourth quarter, and we'll see where it takes you. The defense wears down if you keep going three and out, or especially if you turn it over. But the defense, after a while, cannot handle it. And I think that happened a lot last year. Yeah, no
5: favors were done for the 2021 defense. Exactly. I think the
0: defense, Lovey did a good job last year, and you have to get this offense going. Now, you mentioned it, uh, I don't know, at some point in the last couple hours, DP, about how the offensive line, we haven't seen this line together. You know, you look at the names, you're like, have they really improved the line? Well, Laramie didn't play much last year. Britt did get hurt. Now he's healthy. You have A.J. Mm-hmm. Can. He's a, a stalwart veteran guy. And let's see what Kenyon Green can do. And then you have Titus back at his home. Finally, yes. (laughs) And you have Pierce. So let's see if you can run this rock a little bit. And Mills can play better in year two and all of that. So those are the things we've been waiting to see. The preseason really didn't tell us much because they were sort of patchworking the offense. Now you have Cooks out there with Mills. Come on. Let's see what you can do. Move the ball. And then maybe the defense, maybe, just maybe, you can get to Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan... 0-2 as a Falcon against the Texans in this stadium. And by the way, he's 0-3 in this stadium because he lost the Super Bowl here. I mean, he played well for a lot of that game. I was at that game. Yeah, I was at that game, too. You were at that game, too? Well, I saw the Lady Gaga halftime show. That was amazing. And then I said, you know, and the third (laughs) quarter got off to a great start, meaning the Patriots were down big. And I thought, I'm good. So blame it on me because I left. I left. You did? Yeah, you know, I...
6: I <laughs> you left the Super Bowl? All right, I
0: did not have Rockstar Super Bowl parking. You know where I parked? I parked, like, in the neighborhoods not far from here. He's and, like,
6: I've got to get
8: home. And these guys were
0: actually... When I parked, I, I figured I'd park and walk, but it was a long walk. I parked, and these guys were kind of tailgating in their garage or whatever, and they recognized me. They're like, are you the voice of the Texans? So I was like, "Yes." I mean, "Yes." And they said, uh, what are you doing? Are you going to the Super Bowl?" I said, "Yeah." They're like, "You want a ride? You're going to walk from here." You know, it was several blocks in, and then you have to walk across Maine and everything. So one of the guys gave me a ride over. It was pretty cool. I, do, I still don't understand why tie? you
6: I don't understand why you left a Super Bowl early, Mark.
0: Oh, are you kidding? To beat you were the trying traffic. To beat the rush? Everything. Oh my god. Well, it's not my Super, Bowl. Not Super <laughs> Bowl. I didn't like that Super Bowl. You know why? I go up to the press box and I go into my radio, my radio booth. Okay, the Texans' radio booth. Yes. Of course, you're not. We're not going to broadcast that day. And the Patriots were They'd in there, taken over. and it yeah. just—it hurt me badly. It was like, you know, it's like being in your house in your bedroom. It's like there's Someone another couple sleeping. in there. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, it's not right. Mm. This is not good. I am leaving the press box. So luckily, I found a suite to hang out in. It was a luxury. Problem. I guess they
5: didn't—they didn't get a chance to play the outfield song in that
0: game because it, it was, was our final oh, yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, they, you're they had, right. They—I don't think they would have been able to play it. Drew. Yeah, because yeah. it's not. The cool. Well, we song. thought
6: we thought that once a few years ago when we played up there and they eventually did play it at the end. I know they had to they get it always, in. They always find a way to play. But you know, that Super Bowl, I had just this off season. I got all of the sports stuff that I had saved up, and I was like, I'm going to frame it. The boys wanted to make our game room into a man cave. And, and mm-hmm. so we put up a lot of Texans memorabilia. I had this, the sports, uh, the Super Bowl, like uh, the sports page. I had like my mm-hmm. passes or tickets. And I thought, you know what? Like everything's Texans. We'll throw that in there as well. My husband has like a Red Wings jersey. So let's just put all the sports paraphernalia up there. I, I didn't. My kids have no opinion on anything decor-wise ever in our home. I get it. And we spaced all the pictures out on one wall And my kids were so upset that while they play video games, they have to look at Tom Brady's face holding (sighs) the Lombardi trophy on the sports page. Oh, yeah. And so then I said, okay, So we moved it to the back of the game room where the dog sleeps.
2: Yes.
6: (laughs) And so now the dog gets to look at Tom Brady's face. Except Mm. the other day I walked in there and my middle son had put a post-it note on Tom Brady's face. Because I love they him. literally, they don't even want the dog to look at Tom Brady. Former Brady's
0: kid face. reporter Jogi Former did that. Former kid
6: reporter did that. And I so- love
0: that. I think the dog should sleep on the Tom <laughs> Brady picture. <laughs>
6: Like, what has a dog done to deserve looking at this every single day? I know (laughs) the Super
0: Bowl was played here, and he won two Super Bowls in this building. In fact, that's what I said. It was an amazing
6: game. Just as a sports fan, I just thought it was an amazing game.
0: I got to give the pregame talk to the calf scramblers at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And I didn't know what to say to these guys. Like, go get the calf. Like, go run (laughs) after the cow and rope them up. I don't know what to say. But I did say this because I thought about it. You're on the same surface where Tom Brady won two Super Bowls, where J.J. Watt was three-time defensive player of the year, where the Rolling Stones played twice. They didn't know who the Rolling Stones were. Uh, You two, I don't know where else I went. I might have mentioned a few other acts that have been here on this surface. And now you are after these Cavs. On that surface. And I think it
5: fired him up a little bit. That's not bad. That's not, And I like the uh, level of pettiness from Jogi. That's good stuff. That's
6: yeah. a solid <laughs> so
0: level. Pettiness. All the boys
6: pettiness. were in agree- agreement mm-hmm. that you they like, should Wait, um, wait yeah.
0: quick straw poll. Do you like Brady? Do you like him now as opposed to when he played because he's not a patriot anymore? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I like I, him more now. I always liked him. I just I've didn't always like liked the patriot fans oh, and all that stuff. Like, I always liked him. Like I respected him, don't yeah. get me wrong, and you know, it's just jealousy and envy or whatever, sports envy, but now I'm you know, I kind of like him. He's the old guy. Like, yeah. hey, let's hope the old guy does he's well. One day and old, he's in the he's NFC. one
5: day older than me. I'm a big fan of him. So, yeah. He's one day older one than day, you? Yeah,
0: August 3rd, I'm August Well, how come 4th. you're not playing in the league anymore? <laughs> I, I
6: you guess, could still go yeah. out there and do something. I'm in the though.
0: league, sort of. Yeah, sort you, are, of. you are. You are. You're doing your thing, <laughs> and you'll be doing it a lot longer than him, although he'll go to Fox after this. And <laughs> true. again right. financially. Canton. Yeah. I don't
6: even know how we got on this Brady tangent, but let's bring it back because somebody that's going to be Because he beat Matt
0: Ryan in the Super Bowl, the uh, uh, and,
6: yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's how it started. All right. So, facing Matt Ryan for the first time will be a lot of rookies, three no. rookies, in fact. And the unofficial depth chart came out today. Damian Pierce is listed as a starting running back. Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie also listed as starters at cornerback and safety, respectively. Kenyon Green, the backup left guard behind Justin McCray. And Petrie, who basically had been practicing with the first-team defense all throughout OTAs. He discussed how much progress he has made since he arrived.
8: Oh, I feel like I've progressed a lot. You know, I've learned a lot from my teammates, learned a lot from, you know, in-game situations, and, you know, I'm ready for week one.
6: Good stuff from Jalen Petrie. I love that he's from Stafford. He went to Stafford High School, and then he went to Baylor. So, to get to – play in your stadium that you grew up from 15 minutes from home and playing at the level that he's playing at is just so impressive because I think we did expect a lot of things from Derek Stingley Jr. And he may still deliver those things, but Petrie was just a standout this entire offseason in camp.
5: Yeah, Lovey Smith is referred to him as a sponge, and we've seen all the physical stuff he can do on the field. But the sponge aspect, Lovey said in this meeting that we had during the preseason broadcast uh, production meetings, he said, listen, if you start at safety in this defense you can be able to coach defense when you're finished and mm. because of what petrie's absorbing because of what jonathan owens is absorbing i've talked to both of them about this and they're like oh yeah i think i could do that i think i could definitely coach a defense Ooh. like after all cuz you have to know where everyone is you have to get them in the right spot you have Everything to know in front
0: of you all the
5: the permutations of what might happen i mean it's mm. it's really impressive what he's been able to do and he hasn't surprised anybody i mean everyone that's around him or has come in contact with him. This is right on cue with what we saw from him last year and what we've heard about him back there at Baylor and what he was able to do for the Bears.
0: I'm just excited that he's starting. You know, yeah, that you have yeah. these rookies out there. I've said it before: the young and scrappy Texans. That's what <laughs> I want them to be. I, if they're not going to win every game, and that's going to be hard to do. This just in: breaking news. I want them to be in every game. I want them to be battling in the fourth quarter and you know, if they don't prevail that they go away from the game with a with a solid rep that they gave it all they had and they got close if nothing else. And I think this league is kind of built that way. Last year, look, people always say, you know, is this team really going to be that much better? How much better? They want to measure it in wins, which is the ultimate way to measure it. But you could be four and thirteen again and be a lot better because you don't have the five blowouts. Right. Those are all close losses, right? No, I, I, I don't think-, think it'll be like that though. I think they'll get over the hump because they have enough talent to do that. But you know, as far as you know, where it takes them from there, are they a winning team? Are they a playoff team? I mean, come on, it would be. Great to see one step at a time. Beat Indy on Sunday, we'll take it from there.
5: Yeah, I don't know how much better the record will, will be this year, but anyone who watched last year's team, watched last year's training camp and was at this year's training camp and has been oh, here yeah. through the there's no way you can look at this and say that this team's not better than twenty twenty they right. are. They're, the they're, they're, level of
0: talent yeah. alone and you know, the polishness, you know, of these rookies, we'll see. Right. Because it's gonna take some time for them to get up to speed. But Look, they look pretty good at times in the preseason. It's preseason. Yeah. We'll see where it goes.
6: I, I can't wait to see them open up the playbook a little bit more because I know in the preseason it was a vanilla offense. But I just feel like that's going to be the big X factor, like a Pep Hamilton offense. You've got more usage of your tight ends. You're able to run the ball a little bit better. The offensive line, the blocking scheme is just different. I'm very curious to see how they adapt once you know the regular season kicks in. And I do think the run game, I mean, that was – It just seemed like the bane of of the Texans' existence last year. Like, they could not run the ball, and then they frustratingly tried to continue running the ball because you couldn't even get your passing game going, and they couldn't convert any third downs into first downs, and they were just in third and long all the the time. I just feel like if you can get the ground game going just a little bit, I, I just feel like Damian Pierce, I mean, just watching him, he was so electric. I mean, maybe that's just how it is in the preseason, and it'll be a struggle for him, but... I don't know. He's he's just been a lot of fun to watch. I think it's all going to start with the ground game. But just seeing that offense, you know, run differently, I'm really excited to see some of the plays. I mean, we've seen a little bit of it in camp, some of mm-hmm. the misdirections and some of the fun things they do out there. And, and I hope they do a little bit more of that here in week one.
0: It's time to play guess the first play from scrimmage in the game. Ooh. Okay. So I've got play action. It won't be deep. It'll be something short to medium it'll be just something to get going with the passing attack to sort of stretch things out and then you're going to go to the run on second down
5: we want to be known as a running football team so they're They're going to smash it it. they're going to pop them in the mouth on the the opening play they're going with that and one more little thing about the polish on the rookies think about it davis mills was taken 67th in 2021 there are four guys on the texans taken before him in 2022, and then Christian Harris was taken 75th. So almost five guys around – that just a higher level of talent. Two firsts, two seconds. I mean, there's a lot yep. of talent.
0: Yep, and think about who you don't have available. Exactly. You can't play Mechie and you can't play Christian Harris. Right? I'm with
6: Drew. I, I think it's going to be a running play. Yeah. Can you imagine the stadium going nuts if you get, like, a, a big burst on the first play from scrimmage?
0: Oh, if Pierce does what he did in the preseason game against the 49ers, if that's your opening drive – and you have nine yards, eight yards, that kind of thing, Hairston opening holes, blowing open holes, wow. This place will get really crazy. It's going to be fun.
6: All right, so the Texans also added two new offensive players, not new to the NFL, but new to – The team wide receiver Tyler Johnson and tight end O.J. Howard both practiced with the team yesterday. They attended meetings. Um, Howard was signed by the Texans on September 2nd. He was a 2017 first round draft pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Houston claimed Johnson, another former Buck, off waivers on August 31st. They were both teammates and catching passes from Tom Brady. And while neither had played for Lovey, Howard had heard all about him, and this is what he had to say about Lovey Smith.
4: Down to earth guy, real, real chill, laid back kind of guy. When I was in Tampa, I didn't get to play for him, but the guys would always talk about when he was their coach. Uh, so I've already had heard about him around the NFL, how he was. And, uh, you know, so when I met him, it didn't kind of surprise me what he was the type of guy he was.
6: The legend of Lovey Smith, it lives everywhere. It lives in the Bucks locker room, it's going to live here. I mean, he just wins people over wherever he goes not
5: surprising not surprising at all we got a glimpse of that the night he was hired or the night before he was announced he was hired i got a chance to interview nfl hall of famer or pro football hall of famer brian Erlocker. i got a chance to interview devin hester who's going to be in the hall of fame someday they both played for lovey smith they both love 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 the guy they were adamant that houston made an excellent decision They're like, just wait and see. Just you watch Mm -hmm. what this guy's gonna mean, what this guy's gonna do. Yeah, it's exciting. He has you know, he he has flipped a script around here. Mm. No matter oh yeah, no matter what people think, things are different with Lovey Smith in charge in a whole lot of ways.
0: And I think the hiring of Pep Hamilton as the OC, Mm -hmm. having been here last year. I like the fact that Lovey I love that Lovey was here last year so he can draw from that experience in the building. He's done it already, obviously, just navigating through the offseason, preseason training camp. But now you're into the games. And he remembers, like you said, DP, what happened with the Colts last year. And Pep remembers as well as a quarterback's coach. And now he gets to run the show on offense. And this is huge for his career too, so it's going to be fun.
6: Yeah, it will be nice to see what uh, he's able to do with Davis Mills in year two, Pep, since he was quarterback's coach last year. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I've got a trivia question for Mark Andrew because as bad as that loss was, what was the biggest margin of victory ever in this series? Both sides, Texans, a Texans win and a Colts win. Let's see if they can figure out. It's coming up next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to Texans All Access. It's Colts week. It's Liberty White. Sunday, Liberty Whiteout. That is, everybody wear your white. Mark will be wearing his all-white suit. I'm DBC Liu. Joining me once again, Mark Vandermeer and Drew Doherty. We're talking about this series with the Colts because, you guys, last year was rough, um, losing 31-3 to in October, mm. and then 31 to nothing at home in December.
0: And those aren't even among the two most painful losses. Not even – I wouldn't even put those as b- – Tough as they were, really? they were blowouts. No, as far as total pain, because you knew you weren't having a great season, but those yeah. were bad. But I wouldn't even put them in the top five most painful losses to the Colts. Yeah, Rosencopter's number one, right? Uh yeah, Rosencopter's probably number one, sure. And I'll then the that. twelve season finale, number no, two. You know what? I think I think that's more painful than Rosencopter. Right. Gosh, it's a tough the twelve one, though, season Drew. finale. Oh, it's right. hard to decide which is more <laughs> painful. But that one again. It, Twelve was bad because you lost home field advantage throughout, and you're flying back from Indy, going to the playoffs with a bad feeling. That felt weird. That was weird. Bad. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're a division champion. You're going to the postseason, but you feel horrible coming home because you lost a chance to get the buy.
5: Another awful one. If we want to stick on awful, and we yeah should yeah. Just turn it around here soon. Sure. But uh, the year before. Thursday night football in December. Oh, you strip yes. sack, I think, on their first play of the game, and then a play or two later, Arian Foster runs in for the score. You're up seven. Nothing. It's like it's gonna. I think be I wiped it. my hands and I was like, "This game's over." And then, <laughs> and then it wasn't. And it was not. And it's one of those. If you win that one and, and get help, you win another. T- you know, no, one no, or two the, one. the rest of the way you've got some home field advantage.
0: Yeah, uh. that was second or last week of the season. So if you won the finale and got help, you might have had a bye. Mm-hmm. Not the top seed, but you might have had a bye. You were still alive for that. Was that, that Orlovsky? That was Orlovsky.
6: Okay, that was a close so game. So count yeah.
0: him in. Among the weird situations here, mm. Jacoby Brissett three and one as a Colt starter yep. against the Texans, and five and one overall with three different teams. How about Matt Ouch.
6: Hasselbeck in a diaper.
0: Hasselbeck in a diaper game. Call it, yes. We got a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> 0-9 here. That was the year after Rosencopter also uh-huh. up seventeen points and losing the game.
6: I think we once had this off-season topic that if a game has a nickname, it's an iconic game. Yeah, yeah. Not not a, not necessarily in a good way. Right. But in a bad right. way. Right. Sure. Well. Sure. sure. Like the Pupter. Oilers
0: have Stagger leave for oh. what happened in Denver, and you know there are situations like that. Sure.
6: I had a point to this anyway. The point oh, was that last year's losses by thirty-one points and twenty-eight mm-hmm. points were not even the largest margin of victory in the series. So, can you oh. all remember when the Colts won by more than thirty-one points? Got
5: to be one of those early, like 0-2 or O three. Yeah, right? it's, or 05. it's up
0: there. I'm looking
6: at Mark. Mark. Yeah. I, I want to say remembers.
0: it's two thousand four. And it was the week after we played Denver and the Texans go to Indy, and it's something like forty something to ten or something like that. Yeah. Forty nine to fourteen. Forty nine to fourteen. November had a chance of going five hundred in December, the Texans. Oh yeah. I mean that was
5: not an awful, awful team.
0: That team had a good shot to go five hundred playing Cleveland on the last day of the season and losing at home. And that was the game where allegedly beer got poured on the Carr family in their suite. Ooh. But I don't know if that actually happened or not. I, that might have been urban legend. Who knows? But yeah, that team was four and three at one point. But that was a bad moment up there. Yeah. All
6: right. What about the Texans' largest win in the series? Gotta uh,
5: be, gotta be eleven. It's gotta be
0: eleven. It was before 30, my
6: time. It was yes. thirty-four
5: nothing at the half. You're up. And I think they kick a field goal or maybe get a touchdown. No, but the Colts cut it to
0: 10 in the second half. That's
5: mm. 10. That's oh, in and and ten yeah. Next year. Oh, the next no, year. Okay. okay.
0: Kerry Collins is starting. Blow their doors for, off. Yeah. Yeah. Kerry Collins is playing for the Colts. Ben Tate is uh, running the ball wild. Mm. Buck you 50 You ran 41 or times in that game. Exactly
4: that
6: 11 years ago. No, September 11th, 2011. So it was. Mm-hmm. Texans won by 27 points. They beat the Colts 34 to 7. And... If we're talking about opening day games, yeah. 2-0 and against the Colts when they open. This
0: yeah, season. so they're going to go to 3-0 and so against 3-0. the Colts on opening done. day. done. Done deal because we energy. always look at stats, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, look, here's what's going for you. Lovey. 2-0 and against the Colts as a Bears head coach. You've got Matt Ryan, 0-2 in this building. It's a starting quarterback against the Texans, and 3 when you count the Super Bowl. Uh, so in this building, it hasn't been good to him. Uh, Texans about to go three and and0 all time on opening day against Indy, <laughs> so yeah. basically all the numbers point to it being a lock. That's all it. Right, um, That's stop it. me now, please. Stop me.
6: Stop. Just stop. Uh, Jonathan Taylor though, there's a little bit of issue with having to stop him because he's back. Although uh. it is Matt Ryan. I don't know. I, I, when when this off season the Colts were looking at their quarterback situation, and mm-hmm. you know, we're all just watching to see what was going to happen with them. Was it going to be Baker Mayfield, who was going to go to the Colts? I think when they signed Matt Ryan, or they tra- they traded for Matt Ryan, I was a little bit worried.
0: About Ryan, le- yeah,
6: because yeah. you know Philip Rivers sure. and Carson Wentz, like they turned the ball over a bunch. But I feel like with Matt Ryan, no matter how old he is, that's one thing he didn't do. He protected yeah. the ball. Well.
5: You're, oh, you're worried that the Colts are better? I, they're
6: kind of they're dangerous. Oh yeah. yeah,
5: I think he's a massive upgrade over massive, over massive Carson up- Wentz. Not yeah. a, not as much over Philip Rivers, but gee whiz,
0: what a massive upgrade! Well,
6: people in Indy were not super thrilled about Matt Ryan. I mean, I think they wanted. <sighs> Baker Mayfield or somebody younger? I really?
0: Think. Baker Mayfield? That'd be interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Ah,
6: he turns the ball over a bunch. So. I think,
0: yeah, the, the turnover-itis that Wentz had at times obviously was a problem, especially left-handed interceptions at the goal line <laughs> the for pick sixes. sixes and just like, sense. what are you doing? What are yeah. you doing, Carson Wentz? But... There was a time when they were rolling last year. I mean, they beat the Bills in Buffalo by a lot. And Taylor ran for like 180 or something. Mm. They didn't throw for a lot, but they didn't have to. They had some monumental performances last year. But obviously down the stretch, it didn't work out so well. They lose to the Raiders. They lose to the Jags. They lose out of the playoffs. And that's how I want to remember them. And that's how I hope they stay. Ryan's going to be an upgrade. There's no doubt. But if you can slow down, Taylor, you can get to Ryan. This defense of Lovey Smith can get to Matt Ryan. But if Taylor's gashing you, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter as much, the pass rush. So you have to slow down that run. This is my brilliant analysis right here. Slow down the <laughs> slow running down game. The run game. Just do it. Just slow it down. Right now, yeah. better running back Taylor or Derek Henry? Taylor. Uh, uh, I would say Henry if he's healthy. Really? I'm still I'm taking it. Right now. Like for one game. You give me a clean bill of health for both guys, I'll take Derrick Henry. He's terrifying. I mean, so is Taylor, but in a different way. Henry is a different level of player than Jonathan Taylor when he's healthy, in I, my opinion.
6: I mean, Derrick Henry, I he is huge. He's very hard to bring down, but I just feel like there's – Taylor's just fresher and younger. I would want younger, fresher legs.
0: There are fewer running backs that just you feel more – I don't know, frightened, football frightened against, than Derrick Henry. Do you hold your breath? One of those. Okay, because I held my breath
5: when the ball went Gronkowski's way, when the ball went A.J. Green's yeah. way deep, yeah. when the ball went to, uh, you know, whoever you're like Tyree Kill. Henry's like Kelsey. a
0: quarterback. He's like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. All right, so when the team is lining up, when I'm calling the game – and the opposing offense is lining up, when Henry's in the backfield, it's that feeling of, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, you got to stop this, right? Kind of like, and you know who one of the unsung players is in that mode is Darren Sproles, right? Mm -hmm. When Sproles was good and he was in the game, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be tough. The Saints, the Eagles, Sproles was a Texans killer. He killed a lot of teams. Uh, Derek Henry's frightening. Taylor's awesome but I think Henry is a better back when healthy. Now, when healthy is the key part here because he wasn't for last year for a big part of it, and he's got to prove he can stay healthy again. Once you get that injury label, it's, it's not a label yet for him, but he had a year where it was a big problem. He's got to bounce back, str- back strong for his sake. I'm just hoping that he takes the year off just for safety purposes. Yeah, he should just do that. And yes. I
6: think Taylor, they should give him some relief. They should have, like, nine yes. Hines, you know. Get Taylor some should
0: take a couple of years off for safety as well. No
6: T.Y. Hilton. The Texans, or the Colts have decided they're not going to re-sign him. No, Chris Ballard, l- the general manager, said they are not adding any more wide receivers to so, that
0: group. Yet. So, Johnny, Johnny brought this up. He wanted the Texans to sign T.Y. Hilton at oh, least just for, for one, one week. week. <laughs> but maybe just for longer, if possible, because he's he, he's not going to last the 17-game schedule. Would you do it, Drew? Would you do it? Certainly. If you think he's going to help
5: you win, absolutely. Mm. I, I think i jokingly texted in all caps to the group the two of us or the three of us and john saying sign him (laughs) <laughs> make him a team captain week one. Oh
0: gosh team captain.
5: play him and let him do what he does in the stadium Put the clown mask on when he comes into the building cut him as we're walking off the field <laughs> after the
6: victory. Yeah. Well he always said that this felt like his second home so uh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be oh fitting gosh. wouldn't it be fitting if you signed him and you're like well let's see how well you actually play That's
0: a tough one to take man That's such a Texan's
5: him. villain to sign him mm. he's got two faces on the Mount Rushmore of Texans villains he's that good. And been that two tough faces, on us. Yes. but
6: he never had, he never had great games against other opponents. But he would just put it on for this team. And even last year, he was hurt, but geared up for this game. I don't even think that he played much after the Texans game. Did he's he? kind
0: of he was banged up. He's he kind so of a beloved up. character in Indy. You know, he's not Reggie Wayne, he's not Marvin Harrison, but he's got a place in. The ghosts. Colts history. Mm-hmm. Going back to that Ring of Honor stuff, they'll probably put him in the Ring of Honor, DP, because they put everybody in the Ring of Honor, <laughs> in indeed.
6: <laughs> well, yeah, I think they would. But you know that Hard Knocks show that they did with the Colts last year, I didn't really watch much of it. I did watch the one episode where they played the Texans, and I had to shut it off because they were just going on and on about T.Y. Hilton and how this, mm. was the, this was the game that he was going to return for late in the season. So I was like, eh, that's about enough of that. I may go back and rewatch the one where they lost in the end. Oh, I'm to Jacksonville.
0: I, I might. Oh, that one just was watch really entertaining. <laughs> is that entertaining? the only one you watched? <laughs> I love. Yes, that's the only one I watched in its entirety, and it was great TV viewing. It's so satisfying.
6: This says a lot about Mark, who fast forwards the Game of Thrones open, right. which is like the best open ever. I mean, I'm, just, I I'm like, why do watch?
0: Once you've seen it once, why do you want to see it again? Do you need to see it again? It sets the mood. Oh Mark. yeah, he also it does that through Stranger mood. Things. Which yeah, is my another he- m- like an excellent opening. My yeah. kid. Complains. He's, Dad, you, yeah, you have to watch part. the intro to Stranger Things. I'm like, there's nothing happening. I want to skip it and get to the show. Come on, let's go.
6: Mark also probably skips parts of the Game of Thrones battles. Are you used to? Like, I skip I,
0: parts I, of when they're like walking important. through the woods and there's nothing happening. That's when I fast forward. <laughs> they're just walking through the woods or wasting time.
6: All right. Well, we are not going to waste any time. We're going to go around the NFL. The games start in what? Just 48 hours? Yes. Week one will be underway. What are some of the top stories around the NFL. We've got one final segment of Texans All-Access. Don't go anywhere. Final segment of Texans All-Access. Football gets underway in about 48 hours, so cannot wait for that. The first game on the marquee. Bills at Rams Thursday night football. So they get to watch the Rams hoist their Super Bowl banner Uh, in their stadium. Bills.
0: Bills, Bills, Bills Bills. by double figures in this game. What? Yes. Why? Yes. What would make you say that? Because they're better. They're better than the Rams. You watch. The Bills are going to roll in Who's this gonna game. Who's going to block
5: old Aaron Donald there in the
0: middle? Oh, they'll figure out a way. Josh Allen will just run away from him and throw the ball downfield. And Matt Stafford's elbow is going to be bothering him.
6: Well, defending Super Bowl champs have posted an 8-3 and three record in week one since 2010. so maybe All right, that might present. be a bit of a problem. That might be a bit of a problem. Um, also, you get to watch the Super Bowl banner presentation, especially the, the, the Bills were eliminated. It's just gotta,
0: I just stupid the, just really the Bills ball. ran into the buzzsaw chief offense, which is way better than what the Rams are going to put out there on mm-hmm. Thursday night. All right, I know you shouldn't go back to last year because it's a new year and all of that. I just think the Bills are a better football team and they'll come out as a better football team. I'm not burying the Rams and saying they're not going to win their division even. I'm just saying the Bills are going to win this game.
6: What's the deal with Matthew Stafford? He had some surgery like in August. Well, the elbow was was apparently
0: bothering him, but when when they're so vociferous about, the elbow's fine. Yeah. You have to wonder. Look, I could be reading way too much to do it. And I, I don't wish injury on anybody, and I really don't wish it on him. Seems you know, Im- good like guy from d- suburban Dallas, Highland Park, whatever. I just think the Bills are going to win this game.
5: I was writing for the Park City's People Newspapers when oh, he was yes. a sophomore Ooh. at Highland Park High
0: School. Really? Yeah. Excellent, Did you ever excellent. interview him?
5: No, because that was uh, you had to be the, the writer to get that beat. I was covering
0: all the other schools, the non-Highland so Park y- schools. So were you going to SMU working for that paper?
5: I was... Freelancing at that point, so I had a real like a full time job, but I would still kind of contribute and make a little extra scratch Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. that. So he was not there when I was in college, but I did cover him in college. When you go
0: to SMU, where do you live? Like in the if you're not in the dorm, the housing has to be really expensive. I
5: mean, I'm sure it's gotten worse since. I mean, this is twenty some years ago, but there were some there were some affordable apartments nearby that were not. You know, this is like having a school in River Oaks or something. It's exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those apartments are still around. I'd have to go check. But there's there's areas if you need to you know, get by if you're not okay. as rich as some.
6: I, I lived in Dallas like 100 years ago, and mm-hmm. I worked in Sherman, Texas. And they said, yep. well, if you want to save some money, you can live in Sherman. We just got a a walmart yeah. and there's a piggly wiggly down the street
5: yeah my my little sister went to sherman she's a kangaroo it's a very Wait,
6: pretty town a long... but they have piggly wiggly they have a pig- why don't I, we have piggly wiggly i did not know what a piggly wiggly was but apparently i was supposed to be super you know why excited. we
0: don't have piggly wiggly because h-e-b kicks butt it's way <laughs> better why. than
6: a piggly wiggly way mm-hmm. way way so better. does kroger i did not live in sherman by the way i commuted yeah I she spent went to, a lot of money on
5: cash <laughs> and she went to austin college <laughs> and not not sherman she went to austin college yeah yes, kangaroos i think yeah, yeah. All right.
6: Well, on the other end of week (laughs) Cool story. (laughs) Cool story, bro. Uh, Monday Night Football, it's going to be the Broncos at Seattle. Russell Wilson returns home. Mm. And Pete Carroll was asked about the Seahawks head coach and his exact words. Quote, I thought it was awesome.
0: Yeah. He's a positive guy. He takes the positive approach. Be that way. Uh, Denver. By the way, the week two opponent for the Houston Texans. So back-to-back road trips at Denver, at Chicago. And I was looking at the NFL.com power rankings. The Texans have five games against teams that are below them in the power rankings, right? The week one power rankings. Now, two of them are against the Jaguars. They're ranked below the Texans. The Bears are ranked below the Texans. The the Commodores? Commanders. The The Commanders. I want to say the, the Commodores. Commodores because I want I Lionel like Richie to play quarterback, <laughs> I like and I want to say I'm easy like Sunday morning. Now the Commanders, I've called them the Commandos, the Commodores, <laughs> the Command, whatever. But the Nothing Washington wrong d- with the Commodores doesn't I mean, roll off
5: that He's time. as underrated as it gets, and he gets, he was pretty saying. high up there, man. Like he is a talent, Lionel Richie. Anyways,
0: oh. Amazing. You know, Stuck I you. I did not like All Night Long when it came out. You know, I thought this song is so played. But now when it comes on, I'm I'm almost like the guy with Desperado and Seinfeld. I'm like, everybody shut up. <laughs> All Night Long is on. It's We're going to listen to the whole thing.
6: Yeah, I'm surprised you like it even now. It seems a little too mainstream for you. Really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I remember when that came out, that was the jam. But I didn't know much of Lionel Richie before that.
0: See, I... You know, sometimes things are really popular. When when things are really popular, I don't like them as much. And then later on, I really respect them. <laughs> like and 50
6: I, Cent, like 10 years later. Mark's in the like, club. I found this song. It's really
0: 15 years. <laughs> in
5: the club. In the club. In the club. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you talk about Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and returning to Seattle. I was just there for a cousin's wedding this last weekend. Yeah. Oh, weekend. yeah. I walked by uh, some street vendors, and they were selling these T-shirts. I can't remember what it was. I should have stopped and taken a picture, but it was basically hatred for Russell Wilson. It was wow! A yeah, because he wanted out of there. They are there. Is a section of folks. I mean, maybe that's just like a, a small subset, but there is at least a subset of folks that do not like Russell Wilson and oh, how he it's, left.
6: you it's see it a big one. Yeah, I Yeah,
5: one of our friends here locally. He he tweets quite often about it, and. You know, he's certainly not the only one, and Mm -hmm. and it's backed up by the the T-shirt tent that I saw. This is going to be a hotly
0: contested game, Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of attention paid to how they pay tribute or not to Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson on Monday. That'll be cool.
6: And we've got a brand-new show coming up next. John Harris, Mm -hmm. Texans matchup. Because it's hard to do a Texans replay when you haven't played a game. But it's going like to be Texans matchup. matchup for the rest of the year. So he will look back. He will look forward. And he'll give you the best preview that you're going to get of any Texans game. I will put my money down on that right now. But you know what, you guys? You guys are money all the time anyway. And I'm hey, super excited to be back for Tuesday night All Access and player show. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. Thank you so much for listening. Keep listening. Texans matchup with John Harris is up next.